everybody. Welcome back to the According to Sources football podcast. Hope everybody had a happy Father's Day yesterday. It is Monday, June 22nd. We're back with another episode. My name is Alex Burns. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at, I believe it's Alex Burns Hoops, or did I change it recently? Alex Burns FF. Alex Burns FF. There we go. I changed my Twitter username so many times. And I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy, TJ Shriano. TJ, what did you get for Father's Day yesterday? I got a shirt, and I got like eight hours of just veg time to not do anything but what I wanted to do. Are you wearing your shirt? No, no. I'm just wearing a CF shirt. <laughs> Dude, so this was your second Father's Day? Yeah. That was your that. first Father's Day. It was my first Father's Day. I woke up and I was like expecting everything to be I felt I was I was waking up and I expected it to be like Christmas and it really wasn't like Christmas. It was still awesome though. I had a lot of time to relax and and stuff. But being a father is nice. So if it, although all of our, you know, many listeners out there that are fathers, happy belated Father's Day. Yeah. Uh so man, I don't know. Uh it's kind of been a quiet couple of weeks in the NFL world. I mean, there's been some news here and there, but a lot of other more important issues have taken center stage. And so football has kind of been in the background for a little bit. But there's still a couple a couple stories recently that popped up that I think we should cover. Um, starting with Dak Prescott, expected to sign a $31, $31 million franchise tender. I know that's someone we've talked about a lot on this podcast. You have your reservations about Dak Prescott being, you know, an all-pro quarterback or someone you want to lead your franchise. Um, what do you think about him signing that? Any thoughts? I think it was a smart football decision for him and, like, financial decision. Um, he doesn't want the $35 million. He's going to have to play to get the money either way. So why not sign the, the tender for 31 Maybe if they play this season, maybe they don't. But either way, like, he can't do anything if he doesn't sign it. So I think it was a smart decision by him. Yeah. And we've also talked many times about how the Cowboys signed Andy Dalton. So now they have a quality backup behind him in case he was going to hold out. So it – it almost really did ruin his bargaining position, so to mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. I mean, we've talked about him so many times in this podcast about how he's being so dumb by what was the most recent report he was, he was wanting or seeking somewhere North of what was like 40 million a year. Was it? Yeah. And he would only take less than 40 million a year. if like the back end was like 45 million a year or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a franchise tender, so it's not, you know, a long-term deal. So this is probably going to pop up again in the next couple of years. But yeah. Yeah, at least we don't have to hear about it anymore because I was getting kind of sick and tired of him being greedy. I wonder if he's going to be like the next Kirk Cousins, how they're just going to keep tagging him until like they can't afford to tag him anymore and then offer him a contract. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be good for the skill position players um, for for Dallas because, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say that though because Andy Dalton, like I said, is, is a quality quarterback. And you be- I know you agree with me because you believe that you can kind of plug in any capable option in that offense and they would succeed. Yeah. So I've seen a lot like with him signing the tender and demanding all these things. It's been like the talk of Twitter lately. Yeah. I think I sent you some of the things that a lot of people are saying, like he's arguably had the best supporting cast at any quarterback, even over the more talented quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And he's not even putting up numbers like them. Yeah. So everybody's like, is he really worth like even 30 million? Like he's a quarterback. So he is, but like actual skill wise, yeah. everybody's starting to question it now. Yeah, I've stated this a lot of times. Um, you know, he, like you said, he's a quarterback. He's a pretty valuable quarterback. He's pretty good. Um, whether that's because of the offense or just personally his talent, you know, we'll see. I do think a lot of his stats last year were inflated because the Cowboys were just always playing from behind, and he's constantly had to throw the football and just try and you know, play catch up. Which, I mean, look at Jameis Winston. That was kind of the case for Jameis Winston a little bit. Um, yep. they were always, he was always throwing pick sixes and always had the ball and slinging it down the field to a degree. So I don't know. Um, I just think like it was, he was becoming absolutely insane for requesting North of 40. And I think oh, yeah. anybody with a brain can agree with that. Happy that we don't have to hear about this anymore. Um, and that we can see him play football in 2020. So, yeah. And let's keep it with, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Jamal Adams, he's also been in the news a lot the last couple of weeks, and he's also been talked about on our podcast um, a lot. And I know he and the Jets kind of had a falling out um, during the past couple months, and he's been on the trading block. They've wanted to trade him. I think it's stupid. You know, obviously he is one of the best young talents, young pro, you know, prospects in the NFL. Um, 
But now I guess there's some news. There was a video that leaked yesterday where he was driving his G-Wagon. It looked like he was in a shopping plaza or something, and somebody yelled out, Jamal Adams, come to Dallas, and he said something about how I'm trying to, hinting you know he would like to go to Dallas. So yeah. what are your thoughts about that? Do you think he ends up at Dallas, and what's the impact if he does? Yeah, I think Dallas is in prime position to trade for him. They have a couple of young pieces they could trade that they don't necessarily need, like Michael Gallup, very solid receiver. They just drafted CeeDee Lamb. I could yeah. see them trading him and, like, a first-round pick for Adams. Or even trading, like, I don't know, uh, Xavier Woods and a first-round pick for him. Just, like, a player, player, and a first-round pick. Yeah. But I don't think it's the right move for him if he wants to win. If he wants to just go play for his hometown team, then great. If he wants to win, I think he should go to the, like, Ravens and the Chiefs, which were on his list of, like, eight teams he said he would be willing to go to. Yeah. But their, their front office is just so smart. They're not going to waste capital on them. So they're going to, like – He's either going to go to a team like the Cowboys for high picks or he's going to sit there for a while. Nobody's going to want him. And they're going to trade like a fifth round pick for him. Just like they do every other year with every other top player. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want him to go to Dallas. Honestly. I, I know you disagree with that. As a Giants I don't want to deal with him for that yeah. sake, but I don't think it's the right move either. I just like when I was growing up and really starting to follow football when I was like a little kid, I remember Dallas had Roy Williams uh, as their, one of their safeties. He was so real. And I just, I used to like – I think I liked the Dallas Cowboys because I liked Roy Williams when I was a little kid. And I just I just feel like Dallas should always have a strong safety, like like a solid, hard-hitting safety who can make plays, an impact player. I don't know. Um, I don't really care where he ends up. I mean, I, either way, he's going to be out of the uh, NFC – or the AFC East and doesn't have to play the Dolphins twice a year. So um, I'd be okay with don't that. don't know that. But I know. Maybe, maybe Bill will trade for him. <laughs> That also wouldn't be super surprising either. But let's talk a little bit about – I mean, I know we've talked about this too, but even um, they drafted um, Ashton Davis, the Jets did. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the – and you've talked about this a lot. I just think that was the catalyst to kind of give them that push they needed to put him on the trading block and to actually trade yeah. him. And now it's just a telltale sign of where he'll end up. Mm-hmm. So, so that will be interesting to see. Um, the last thing I have here for rapid-fire topics, and it's kind of just – I don't know if we'll have a huge take on it. It's just – worth mentioning uh dr fauci he said football will have to be played in a bubble this year um if it is played i have no clue what that means um i mean obviously we weren't really expecting any fans to be in attendance um i know there's been some reports we talked about about how the nfl is planning as if there's going to be full arenas um don't think that's going to happen they'll obviously have to modify that plan as we get closer to kickoff but uh what are your you have any takes on that uh what do you think yeah I think they're going to try to replicate what the NBA is doing, how they're just going to take over a city and lock everybody down. Yeah. And cool, but how are they going to do that with 32 NFL teams across the entire league? Exactly. And with – I don't know if it's like a contracted promise, but like with promises to play in London and stuff like that too. How is that going to work out as well? I could be wrong, but I remember hearing something about how our overseas games aren't happening this year. I'm not sure. You're probably right. I could be wrong. Yeah, I feel like it was right in the middle of like the lockdown and quarantine and all that stuff. And I think there was news broke that we we postponed it for this year or, or something. But yeah, that's a good point because the NBA is doing it, but there's it's just the playoffs. It's not the whole season, mm-hmm. so you have 32 NFL teams. You have to accommodate in cities and stuff. That's gonna be super interesting, especially because there's been some reports coming out of like Tampa Bay that some coaches have it um, or have had it, and I don't know if any of the players have gotten it yet. But I mean. It's one of those things that's just going to have to see. Um, it's tough. I've already done a couple fantasy drafts, um, just really early <laughs> fantasy drafts for best ball. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hard if to get all psyched up for the season if, if something happens and it ends up not coming to fruition. So, yeah, I don't know. What, when they say bubble, though, they mean like – that's what they mean. Like they're going to take everybody to a certain location and just kind of quarantine that location and then play football, right? Yeah, I think that's the best route. But at the same time, like, look what happened with Clemson with, like, 23 players testing positive this week. Yeah. And they haven't even been in, like, off-season programs, exactly. nothing. That's probably just, like, from the last few weeks of classes together. Exactly. It's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a take other than we'll just have to wait and see what happens um, with this whole situation. So, there we go. That's it for Rapid Recap. Um, don't have anything else. Like we said, it's been a kind of a quiet couple weeks in the NFL as far as news. Uh, but today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, two more AFC divisions, the AFC North and the AFC West. We're going to go through each team like we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. 
and just talking about their transactions, some of the key losses, and what we expect from them, what we expect to see from them this season. Um, if they're going to make the playoffs, what are their weaknesses, what are their strengths going to be. And so we're going to start with the AFC North. And the team we're going to start with is the Baltimore Ravens. And this is going to be a fun team to talk about um, with the MVP, NFL MVP on the team, and uh, mm-hmm. the current sporter of the Madden 21 cover, which has just been released this past week. I guess that's kind of news. Think about it. Yeah. That's news. So, TJ, what do you think about the Baltimore Ravens and their 2020 outlook? Yeah, I'm excited for them as a team. Uh, they got Matthew Judon to, uh, on the franchise tag. I believe he signed it, so they kept him. He was a big part of their team last week or yep. last season. Uh, big loss with Marshall Yonda retiring. I like re-signing Chuck Clark. He's a solid, like, probably like a above-average starting safety, but not like anything mm-hmm. special. So with losing Tony Jefferson, he fills that slot very easily. Uh, trading Hayden Hurst, which was like basically a third-string tight end for them, was yeah. huge. Yep. Especially getting a fourth round pick in the draft, um, and then like the move we both talked about so much that we both love is Calius Campbell for yeah, fifth round pick, absolute steal, absolute steal. Yeah. Excited I can't for that. There. Had a very I, good draft as well, dude. I can't believe Calius Campbell is on the Ravens, and they still have Matthew Judon. Like I just feel like it'd yeah. be either or, um, and then they signed Derek Wolf, which say what you want, but he's a solid end. Yeah, um, he's really good. Yeah, and free agency. And they also re-signed Jimmy Smith. I thought that was pretty big. He's been good. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of been on the downturn a little bit. He's getting a little older, but he's also been a pretty solid cornerback um, yeah. when he's on and the field. And there's a lot of pressure off him now with Marcus Peters. Oh, yeah. So he's going to move into the slot or, like, at least not having the number one guy between Humphreys, Peters, and him. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, the Ravens, listen, they were so good. They lost the Titans in the AFC. Was it the, uh, the AFC Conference Championship or was it the um, – Yeah, I think – no, because the Chiefs made the Super Bowl. True. So it would have been yeah. the – Divisional round. So, I mean, obviously, there. I don't think anybody would disagree that they're Super Bowl favorites. I mean, they're going to they're be up there with the Chiefs um, as one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think what, what did we talk about when the schedules were released? They had like the third easiest schedule or something. Yeah, I think it was like based off last year's records or something. Yeah. It was like third easiest. Which that's going to be. I mean, that's something to watch too. Um, as far as the defense is concerned, I don't really think they have any weaknesses. Um, Honestly, maybe maybe the linebacking core a little bit. I, mean, I yeah, they haven't really replaced C.J. Mosley, but like yeah. the draft, they got Patrick Queen, so they addressed it in that sense. But you can't really say it's fixed until we see him play. True, I forgot about that. Patrick Queen was a good pick too. Um, mm-hmm. Back to your point about the Hayden Hurst trade. That's insane though, because I remember when they drafted Hayden Hurst a couple years ago. He was supposed to be that next breakout tight end. Like he was yeah. picked early. He was supposed to be the next. Like, I don't want to say Gronk, but like the next really good superstar tight end. And he just didn't develop for whatever reason the way they wanted yeah. him to. And if the I fact remember they... correctly, too, the only like knock on him coming into the draft was his age because he was like an older prospect. Yeah, I mean he was not like bad, but I, he just. I mean. If you think about the Ravens' offense in the last couple, like his first couple years before Lamar, I mean, it was a really low-volume offense. It was mm-hmm. weird. It wasn't like a high-scoring. So, I mean, he was limited. But the fact that they just built up Mark Andrews and, like, found him and found, you know, a player like him that could just have such good connection with Lamar Jackson. And Mark Andrews is super good. The fact they can just unload Hayden Hurst to Atlanta like that and get value for him is just – yeah, I don't know. I mean, they got – what. What's that? Were you, were you gonna say? So they got like a second and fifth round selection for him. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, they also yeah. sent him in a you know fourth round pick, but still, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's good value. Yeah, and that second round pick ended up turning into J.K. Dobbins essentially, right? Because then they like package that those two to get yeah. Dobbins. Yeah. Yep. And I know that because I know how hurt I was when J.K. Dobbins was sniped before that. It was literally, we passed on a running back the Dolphins did, and it was coming back around in the second round, and J.K. Dobbins was still on the board. I thought we were going to get him, and Baltimore sniped him one pick before we, we had him. So I yeah. was so ticked off. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, besides the linebacking core, I mean, like like you said, they drafted somebody that has a lot of potential, but until we see it, we really can't say anything. But I don't really see any weaknesses in this team at all. No. And they, like, addressed, like, weaknesses in the draft that they, like, could have had. So, yeah. like, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison for linebackers. Harrison's not quite the player Queen is. Queen's supposed to be that, like, that C.J. Mosley type linebacker. Whereas Harrison's just, like, that downhill thumper. So, like, they should be solid a linebacker. They both fan out. But they also, like, addressed D-line with Justin Metabuke. They addressed wide receiver Devin Duvernay and James Proche. Like, they drafted two guards, I want to say. 
two guards to potentially replace partially yeah. Yonda, and they got their running back in the future when Ingram retires with Dobbins. It's insane. Like, like to your point, not only did they plug their weaknesses, but they literally drafted for the future. They have a running yeah. back who's like next year possibly going to be the workhorse. It's insane. I mean, they're they're going to yeah. be really good. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about the Ravens? No, it's just they're just doing what they always do. They always see the yeah. future in the sense of like they know when their players are going to regress or leave, so they replace them super easily. Yeah. Like, they, how, how did they know going into free agency that Michael Pierce was just like going to be like deuces so quickly? Well, they did. Smart. smart coaching, smart front office. Teams that are always pretty good. I mean, every franchise is going to go through Valley at one point or another, but teams mm-hmm. that are always pretty much solid. You just you, it always goes back to front front office coaching staff ownership. Um, speaking of regression, because you talked about how like players they know when players are going to regress. Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously his season last year was so historic. He's going to regress a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still going to be elite. He's still an amazing talent. But I wonder how much that will affect their outcome in 2020. His regression. Yeah, I think if anything, he'll have regression with his like rushing. Yeah. Because they're probably going to run the ball a lot more this year, considering they added another running back. But I could see his passing step up a lot. Like, they have developing Marquise Brown. They still have those solid veteran guys they've had. Yeah. They also added Devin Duvernay, who's just a burner, just like Brown. And James Proche, I can't remember what it was, but I know he, like, had a massive catch radius, like, for his size and, like, had a super, like, incredibly low percentage of dropped balls in college. And he played at SMU. So, you know he's not getting, like, two two is not throwing him the ball. Yeah. So he's not seeing accurate passes every single time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if they can repeat uh, their dominance like they were last season. Uh, let's move on to the Bengals because this is an exciting team to talk about. A lot of buzz surrounding Cincinnati. Um, obviously, they've been in the news because of their number one pick, they, you know, uh, Joe Burrow. But uh, other than that, what are some thoughts? I know they surprised a lot of people. They, they snuck a receiver and I think it was the – was it the beginning of the second round? It was like the first pick mm-hmm. of the second round. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, a lot of people were kind of uh, – I feel like this is a team that is very polarizing. So half the people that I talk to, like when we talk about sports, they're like, oh, you know, they're a couple years away. They're not really good. And then some people are like, oh, the, the Bengals are going to be really good this year. So yeah. I don't know. They definitely have some weaknesses on defense in my opinion, but they their offense <laughs> should be pretty good. So what are some of your thoughts on their transactions? Yeah, I don't – my first thought is who's going to play tight end for them because they've sucked there since Eifert started getting hurt and Eifert left on top of that. Yeah. Uh, Second thought is like the receiving core stacked. AJ Green got franchise tagged. He should be back. Tyler Boyd's always been solid. John Ross looked like what he could have been when he got drafted (laughs) last year when he played, but then he got hurt again. So if he stays healthy, another good, another good receiver. And then adding T Higgins, which was like a consensus first round receiver. Until the combine. And then, like, a lot of people are saying that he's still going to be super solid. Um, so, I think they're looking up. Yeah. The thing I like the most about their offseason, though, was how much they invested in their secondary in the free agency. Yeah. That's always been a weak spot for them. They signed Von Bell. They signed Trey Waynes. They signed Mackenzie Alexander. They basically took the uh, Viking secondary that left outside of Xavier Rhodes and were just like, <laughs> yeah. just come start for us. Yeah. So, I really like that a lot, free agency-wise. Yeah. Yeah, and they lost. I mean, say whatever you want about him, but they lost Drake Kirkpatrick. He was, you know, solid player, part of their rotation for a couple years there. Uh, this is just a complete side note. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. But I'm looking at their transactions right now, mm-hmm. and I see on uh, March 24th they signed Mike Thomas. And I just want to tell the story about how it was in a football league last year draft, and some guy. It was an auction draft, and some guy nominated Mike Thomas with the like in the first round, and some dude bidded like 50 bucks, thinking it was Michael Thomas for the Saints. That's hilarious. And it was the funniest thing. Like I, every time I see or hear about Mike Thomas, I think about that. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, they they did a lot to their secondary. Um, they got the quarterback of the future. They got a stacked receiving core. Tight ends definitely in question. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of people too are not even talking about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's incredible. I was super yeah. wrong on him from a fantasy perspective last year. I thought he was going to struggle. Uh, but they're getting their, their offensive line healthy again. I know last year, what was their first-round pick that was hurt all year? Jonah, Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams was hurt. I thought that was going to affect Joe Mixon a lot. Didn't because Joe Mixon's really good. Uh, yeah. But now he's healthy now, Jonah Williams. And so, I mean, you add that to a really competent passing game. Yeah. And Joe Mixon's going to have whole – I mean, he's going to be incredible. Um I also think a lot of people are underestimating AJ Green because the last time we've seen him, he's always hurt. 
But when that dude's on the field, he's freaking awesome. I mean, yeah. not even from a fantasy perspective, just from a real life, he's an absolute beast. And the fact that, like, that now he has a, a Joe Burrow passing the football. I mean, I know Andy Dalton, we've talked about how he was competent, but come on, man. Zach Taylor scheming up plays, Joey Burrow, AJ Green. Now there's like, there's competition in Tyler Boyd and T Higgins that will take yeah. attention away from AJ Green, you know, defensively. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I mean, in a fantasy perspective, AJ Green's being super undervalued. I mean, he's like, I yeah. think in some, he's like the number, he's in the thirties at rankings for receivers. He, I mean, he has the potential in the town to finish top 20 if he's healthy. That's the only if, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree with everything you said. I don't disagree with anything. Yeah. Some other things that I like that they did, moving away from free agency and moving towards the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I just – I forgot they signed this guy when I mentioned the tight end thing, but they signed Mitchell Wilcox from USF. Uh, yeah. You were probably like, oh, USF tight end, like who cares? But dude was a beast in college. He caught, like, everything thrown his way. Uh, hopefully he develops with them. I know how much Burrow liked Thaddeus Moss at LSU. Hopefully they can develop some chemistry the same kind of way. Yeah. But then draft-wise, we already talked about Burrow and Higgins. The thing I really liked about them is they took like a very uh, like Dave Gettleman approach with their draft in the sense of how Gettleman sees a weakness and he drafts like four players from that position. Mm-hmm. They took three linebackers, all of which were like super rangy and versatile linebackers, which I loved. So they took Logan Wilson, who was like a, a converted safety. Mm-hmm. who's now playing linebacker, is bulked up, so he's a little bit slower, but still a beast. Akeem Davis-Gaither, who literally basically is a safety, 6'2", 215. And then they took uh, Marcus Bailey, who, like, Matt Miller over at Bleacher Report was even saying, like, this dude had, like, first, second-round tape and got injured a lot, so he hasn't played in, like, a year or two. So yeah. now that he's, like, now that he's healthy, has an NFL program to help rehab him, like, you could see that's going to steal the draft for a seventh-round mm-hmm. pick. I think I'm in the seventh round. Yeah. I mean, just look at his look at his stats from his junior year. He had 115 tackles, nine for a loss, five and a half sacks, one interception. And then before he went down for the knee injury his senior year, he had, like he played one game, had 14 tackles, two for a loss, one sack. So he's healthy. Yeah. And then sophomore year, 90 tackles, 11 for a loss, seven sacks, one interception again. Like, he's just, like, one of those linebackers who kind of does it all. Kind of like a Kyle Van Noy type mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good. That's all I, I – you've convinced me. Um, I didn't – you know, obviously, when it comes to the draft and, and players in those last couple rounds, I'm not, like, super knowledgeable. I don't study as like you do. But, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's interesting. Should be a good team this year. Should be fun to watch. Pretty explosive. Um, let's move on to the next team. I'm excited to talk about this team uh, for so many reasons. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, a lot of things to say. I thought they had a pretty good draft. I think you would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to really be excited about them, though, because every single year, regardless of coaching staff, I feel like they're very hyped up, and then they just fall flat on their face. Um, yeah. Take it away. What do you think about the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, starting in offseason moves with free agency and stuff, love signing Kevin Stefanski as a new head coach. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll bring an identity to this team that they've been missing leaning on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt like he did in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. And even the running backs that played when Cook was injured, he got big numbers out of them as well. Uh, signed Jack Conklin to lock down that tackle position. Signed Austin Hooper to kind of push Devin Njoku, maybe even replace him. Yeah. And then other than that, they just kind of took a bunch of like low-risk like bets on players. Like Andrew Billings was like a highly touted prospect that didn't really pan out. Signed him. Andrew Sandejo from Minnesota is just another one of those like solid safeties. Kevin Johnson, uh, Bust and, and Houston played pretty well for the Bills. Adrian Claiborne just been one of those solid guys around the league. And then Carl Joseph, which is a pick I really like that they signed because he like looked pretty solid for the Raiders mm-hmm. for like the first year or two, got hurt, hasn't really been the same. So if they get him back to form, that's going to be a really good signing. Yeah. I remember how highly touted Carl Joseph was in the draft a couple years ago. Yeah, he was a beast. He was a big prospect, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of good stuff. And then even in the draft, I think taking Jedrick Wills was, was mm-hmm. huge at number 10 uh, for them. I mean, if you watched the Browns last year, you knew that their entire scheme did not fit the the play of their offensive line or the level that their offensive yeah. line could play at. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he was always good at, like, quick, you know, get the ball out of his, out of his hands fast, slant yeah. routes, 
quick motion, and he had a lot yeah, of, I lots mean, of RPOs. Exactly, and you have Jarvis Landry, and you have Odo Beckham, two guys. I mean, Beckham's talented enough to do anything, but Jarvis Landry, that's literally like his forte is like the quick, the quick game and the, the you know the, yeah. the screen game and stuff. And I felt like every time Baker Mayfield or what was the guy's name? Um, what's the old coach's name? I forgot. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens. Every time Freddie Kitchens drew up a pass play, it was like a ten-step drop for Baker Mayfield. And yeah. I'm just like, what are you doing? And it just he got sacked so much, was up there in the lead, in, in the top I think it was like top five in most sacks uh taken last year. But Judge Grill should be huge. Um and obviously no one can disagree with Grant Delpit getting him uh with number forty four. I mean that was that was huge in the second round. Yeah. The thing I think is crazy about that pick too is the exact same thing happened in last year. A highly touted LSU defensive back fell out of the first round for some reason, and they got him in the second round for way way undervalue and he's going to outperform the straps on again greedy williams looked really good last year opposite denzel ward and now grant delbert's gonna look really good as a second round pick yeah and then going all the way to i don't know what i can't think of what round i think it was the last round seventh round but donovan people's jones mm-hmm. uh huge deal a lot of people had him you know you know very, a lot higher in the rankings uh yeah. than a seventh round talent um you know that that's good uh, yeah, I just like this team. I like the direction. Um, I, I'm on board with what you said about Kevin Stefanski. I think he was a really good hire. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to call correct plays for this offense and for the yeah. personnel that he has. <laughs> um, but something I want to talk about, too, about this team is it's intriguing because they signed Kareem Hunt last offseason. Um, you know, he was in the middle of the eight-game suspension. Uh, Nick Chubb is obviously Nick Chubb. He's amazing. But when Kareem Hunt came back from his suspension. He kind of ate into a little bit of the work, and they both were really productive. But Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt was super good catching the ball in the backfield, and Nick Chubb was kind of that early, you know, ground and pound, you know, runner through the through the tackles. Um, this season, though, it'll be interesting to see how much more involved Kareem Hunt is because, like, he's a type of, I would say top ten talent at the running back position in the NFL. Yeah. I would have to say. Um, and you're not just going to sit him on your bench and not play him. You're going to have him involved. I think he'll be more involved than he was last year in the last eight games of the season. So do you think – my question to you is do you think that he is – this is like a timeshare between Chubb and Hunt, or do they trade him? I think it's going to be like a timeshare, at least to start. They might get to like the like trade deadline and see they need like some random position, like a yeah. slot corner or like a – left outside linebacker, something super random, and use him as trade bait for that or as part of a package. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like him a lot. I think he's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, what is – I mean, last thing about the Cleveland Browns, I mean, there's really nothing to say. I mean, like I said, they always hype us up every year, and then they kind of fall flat on their face. What do you think about their 2020 outlook? Do you think they make the playoffs? Are they a threat to make the playoffs, or are they a couple years away? I think they're a couple years away, not because of anything they've done, but because of how much better the rest of the division is around them. True. Um, like the Steelers are just so good. We haven't really talked about them yet. Mm-hmm. Bengals are looking up. The Ravens, it's their division to lose at this point. But we, I like a lot of what they did, like we talked about. The only real question mark is going to be, like, offensive line play. Like, will Conklin pan out with that big contract? Can Jedrick Wills actually switch to left tackle? Can Nick Harris actually be a starting center? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of question marks that team on the offensive okay. line. Agreed. It'll be fun to watch. Speaking of the Steelers, let's move on over to Pittsburgh. Uh, love Pittsburgh as my family's all Steeler fans. They're a fun team to watch. They're always competitive. They're, they're very well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was so such a bummer of a year for them, just mainly due to Big Ben getting hurt early and just they couldn't find consistent play with their quarterback. Then you had Mason Rudolph getting hit in the head with a helmet, and it was just – everything kind of just felt like it was a, just a down year for them. Juju Smith-Schuster was not good. James Conner couldn't stay healthy. Tough year offensively for them. Defensively, they were, they were super good last year. Yeah. And that's why I think they were as competitive as they were, just because of their defense. Um, let's talk a little bit about them and some of their, their moves in the offseason and kind of you think the direction they're going to take in 2020. Yeah, so free agency-wise, not a whole lot of action. They retained uh, Bud Dupree with mm-hmm. the franchise tag. Other than that, it's mostly like reserve players that they lost or resi- uh, re-signed. Uh, interesting that they're still holding on to hope for Ryan Chazier by keeping him on the reserve list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Dangerfield is like a hometown kind of guy. He went to my high school. He goes to our church. So like seeing him resign with them again was cool. That's but crazy. again, he's just like a reserve player. Yeah. Uh, Ty, I guess Eric Ebron is their highlight of their free agency period. I was going to say that. Yeah. 
so not a whole lot to be excited about free agency wise. But like there's like you said, they're still a really good team. They had a pretty like solid but interesting draft. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I'll, I'm excited to see Eric Ebron. I know it's not you know some show stopping free agency signing, but I'm excited to see what he can do with Big Ben. Um, like I mean, we all know how good Eric Ebron was two years ago with Andrew Luck, and then you know obviously everything kind of fell fell apart in Indianapolis last year, but. Um, it'll be really, I think that's, that could be a really nice, um, duo, big Ben and Eric Ebron, uh, especially in the red zone. So that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty big signing, especially because big Ben has always used, whether it's Heath Miller or, or whoever his tight end was, he's always really targeted tight end and, um, Vance McDonald just really didn't ever develop the way they wanted him to. Yeah. I mean, he's always known for that one play on Chris Connie where he stiff armed him on Monday night football and took it, took it to the house. And that's what that's what like people have always seen about him is like he always has these flashes of just he can be a dominant tight end and mm-hmm. then he just never really does anything he kind of just disappears so I'm thinking yeah. Eric Ebron can be a major red zone threat for them uh, also they've signed Derek Watt that's a pretty silent big free agency signing just for his blocking ability and especially yeah. in the red zone I'm obviously he's not going to do a lot outside of blocking but I think that's a little underrated. Um, you know, especially when you get inside the five yard line and you're trying to, you know, get the ball in the end zone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers are always going to be pretty good. Ramon Foster announces retirement. I know he was getting old. I mean, but he was a pretty solid force in that offensive line for many years. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And then moving on to the draft, uh, Chase Claypool, pretty solid pick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of him. I think he's like going to disappoint a lot, honestly. But if there's any team that could develop in, it's the Steelers. They just have a track record of developing receivers. Um, they have him, Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. It's a pretty solid room. And then the pick I really like was uh, Alex Highsmith from Charlotte. He's like an outside linebacker rush guy, like a speed rusher. So it'll, he'll pair really well with TJ Watts, like all-around rushing ability. Yeah. And then the rest of their draft is like very Steelers picks. Nothing really special, but they're all going to be solid. Yeah. Like Ant- Booger McFarland's son, Anthony McFarland, he's pretty good. It's like a speed back who compliment James Conner really well. And then, like, Dotson, Brooks Jr., Davis are all just role players for them probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for them, th- listen, their defense is good. They're going to be they're gonna be super mm-hmm. dominant on defense. The big thing is just going to be Big Ben's health. I mean, if Big Ben can stay healthy, that just is like a trickle-down effect for the whole team, uh, the whole offense. I mean, Juju was awful last year, but look who got thrown him the football. So. That's true. I mean, he had Duck Hodges thrown him football. No, no knock on Duck Hodges, but it's just I mean, tough. <laughs> Yeah, no knock on, on Duck, but I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think what you said um, when we were talking about the Browns, as far as um, it's this is Baltimore's division to lose, Cle- or Cincinnati's on the up-and-coming, even Cleveland's on the up-and-coming, but I think this is really going to be uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore uh, in this division, and, and the rest, the other two teams are kind of going to be uh, vying for yeah. you know, a seat at the table. So. Anything else you want to add before we move on to the AFC West? No. I think, yeah, we said it already. It's the yeah. Ravens if it's in the division to lose. The Browns and the Bengals are both on the rise, and the Steelers are just always going to be good. So it'll be a fun division to watch. For sure. All right, moving on to the AFC West. First team up on deck is the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. Should be fun talking about this team. Um, they got Patrick Mahomes. We can move on to the other teams. That's all we really need to mention. Yeah. <laughs> honestly though um, what do you think about their draft yeah draft wise I mean honestly a whole offseason wise that's basically all there is to talk about for them they had a very yeah. slow agency uh, we both said how much we like Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that offense yeah uh, I don't think there was a better pairing in the draft for running backs than that nope Willie Gay Jr. is like a super fast linebacker that they needed to go in that uh, 4-3 in Steve mm-hmm. Spagnuolo's defense so I'm excited for that Lucas Nyang was a really like low, like low risk, high reward pick. He was like hyped as a first round tackle before he got hurt this season. So seeing them get him in the third round, uh, I believe I might be wrong. He, he might have been a left tackle. I think he was a right tackle though at TCU. So he might be like backup plan for Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz long term, or he could be like somebody they're hoping will push Eric Fisher on the other side of the line. Yeah. Other than that, a bunch of like just no name players that I'm not even really familiar with at all. Mm hmm. But I like their yeah. first three picks a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Clyde edwards Lair, I mean, they won the Super Bowl. They don't have a lot of weaknesses. They just got to fill some spots. Uh, there's really not anything really worth mentioning here. I mean, other than they're the Chiefs. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. 
they yeah. re-signed all of their receivers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say, honestly. Uh, they got, I think, but, I think because of their first three picks, they got better than they were last. I year. agree. So, yeah. I mean, it's their division, it's their league, honestly. Yeah. Until somebody knocks them off. So, I mean, I'm good to move on to the next team. I don't want to waste yeah. my breath. There's nothing I'm else to say too. here. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Going to be different this year as Philip Rivers is no longer on the roster after, what was it, like 19 years or something? 16 years, I think? 16, yeah. 04. Uh, Going to be a, uh, a unique situation here. Um, they drafted Justin Herbert. Obviously, everybody knows about that. But they have Tyrod Taylor. He looks like he's going to start to begin the season. Um, yep. Their defense has some talent on it, obviously. But their offense with whoever is quarterbacking them, obviously, is going to be something to watch. So what do you think about their draft and their offseason? Yeah, I think they had a really good draft, actually. Offseason-wise, they – traded their starting left tackle for a starting right guard. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing back Hunter Henry is huge if he could stay healthy, giving Justin Herbert like a really, really solid like middle of the field target. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of Justin Herbert going there. I think this is a good fit for him. Uh, defensively, they're loaded, so it'll help support him. Strong running game, uh, strong supporting cast at receiver. So I think it's a good fit. I love Kenneth Murray. was a huge fan of him. When I saw him sliding, I was hoping he would – he would slide all the way to the second round of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Reed is like a really underrated pick. He's just like a really electric receiver who's really good in the return game. He's basically Travis Benjamin from a couple years ago, who is also on their team, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's like a younger version of him, so they could probably let him go. I know you're a big fan of the Josh Kelly pick. We've talked about that in the past weeks. Louis Gilman, I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's like a versatile safety, not really true over the top, not really a true enforcer down low. Solid pick. Um, and then KJ Hill, it was a lot of people's t- guy that they tagged as like this year's Terry McLaurin. So we'll see how that pick pans out for them. Just really solid draft for them. Very solid draft. I'm not a Justin Herbert truther. Um, never really was. But, you know, who knows? Uh, I think Tyrod will start. It'll be interesting to see how that offense can perform with him at quarterback. And even if they switch to Justin Herbert at some point this season. Um, I'm excited for Austin Eckler to get his fair share of being the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also excited for Justin Jackson. I think he's one of the most like underrated running backs in the NFL. He just doesn't get his shot. Um, I'm a little nervous by him, though, because – and I think the Chargers are, too. That's why they drafted Joshua Kelly. But yeah. I think um, he just has so much wear and tear and miles on his body from college. He had this huge workload in college. Mm-hmm. So he came to the NFL with like a lot of carries under his belt already. So uh, I feel like if he has a lot of work – he might break down faster than another, you know, running back would. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I think I think uh, Mike Williams is somebody that a lot of people are, are not really talking about this year, coming into their mm-hmm. offense. Um, Keenan Allen's still there. I mean, they got some really good weapons, like you mentioned, Hunter Henry. Yeah, you know, I just think the quarterback play is really going to be what steers the ship. If if Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert play really well and exceed expectations, they can be really good because they have a dominant defense. But yeah. if the quarterback play is, you know, if it's an if they're learning and you know Tyrod Taylor they start you know oh and five or one and six and they make the switch to Justin Herbert and it's just kind of a lost year I don't know it'll be interesting though but their defense is good enough to keep them in season in games though yeah I agree I definitely agree they're a very good team um we talked about this a few weeks ago I want to say when we we're talking about potential trade targets it will be interesting to see what happens mid-season with uh Melvin Ingram I mentioned like I have him yes. as a trade candidate because him and Bosa are both due big contracts, and they're going to sign Bosa. They're not going to oh, sign yeah. him. So it's going to be interesting to see if they let him play out the season or if they trade him, which could have a big impact on their season if they do trade yeah. him. I agree. And like we said uh, a second ago, if they start off bad, I could see them being more prone to just trade him, get some value. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, like we said, it's the Chiefs division, so it's funny just like – as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together, there's really no point in talking about any of these teams. <laughs> For real. Um, but, yeah, I um, decent team. It'll be interesting to watch. I really don't have a gut feeling about their 2020 projection or where I think they'll finish. It just kind of depends a lot on how the quarterbacks play, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, I, I love the coach. I love Anthony Lynn. So, I you know, I trust them. But we will see. Uh, moving on to the – I almost said the Oakland Raiders. Wow. The Las Vegas Raiders – uh, this is going to be fun as anytime John yeah. Gruden enters the fold, it's fun. Um, they kind of shocked everybody. I think in the draft when they took, 
um, Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy. I think a lot of people expected Jerry Judy to be the number one pick. I don't know. Did you you thought Ruggs was going to be it? Yeah. That's what I, thought. I remember us talking about that. I thought it was going to be Judy. I don't know. I think Ruggs, a lot of people are, like misunderstand him. I think he's amazing. I think he's yeah. just misunderstood. I think we can talk about this later, but when we get into their, you know, their draft and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were, they were a decent team last year. They weren't awful, but yeah. I don't know if they got any better. Yeah. I have a, like Derek Carr truther. I think he's really underrated. Um, I think that MVP type season he had a few years ago wasn't a fluke. I think it's just been a combination of like bad surrounding cast, bad luck with injuries and stuff like that, that have hurt him. Yeah. So I think this is the year where he's going to show that or not. Um, Henry Ruggs is going to be a solid pick for him. Damon Arnett was just weird draft pick. Yeah. Um, but they added Lynn Bowden to pair with Josh Jacobs. They added Byron Edwards, who's like a yak king for a 6'3", <laughs> like 230-pound receiver. And then massive offensive guard, John Simpson from Clemson, is just going to be – who was it that – they just traded somebody or somebody just retired for them. I want to say they traded Osemele. Yeah. Um, the guard. Then they traded him to like the Jets or something. I'm trying to so, think. He'll slide into that spot, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So yeah. between those moves on the offense they added, and then in free agency, they kind of like just hedged their bets almost with their offensive signings in free agency. Like they signed Mariota to be like a potential like Tannehill candidate to back up um, Derek Carr. Brought in Jason Wooden to be Darren Waller insurance. Brought in Nelson Aguilar to be receiver insurance. So like they just kind of hedged their bets in free agency. Yeah. They did. They did make some good signings with Tier Whitehead, or they let Tier Whitehead go with Corey Littleton yep. and Nick. Uh, I never had to say his last name, but the guy from the Bears, Nick Kwiatkowski, or something like that. <laughs> Kwiatkowski, yeah. Kwiatkowski. Yeah, yeah, and then Eric Cush, offensive line, um, Malik Collins, defensive tackle. Yeah, they've, I mean, they made some some transactions. I just don't know if they got better. That's the thing. And when you talk about Henry Ruggs, I I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast, but I just feel like. And I'm speaking on experience, like personal conviction. Like this is what I thought. I just thought always thought he was this guy that they're gonna put on the team. And they're just gonna he's just gonna be a burner. Like you're gonna make him run a nine route, like a Tyreek Hill kind of player because he's super fast and mm-hmm. he'll just get behind defenses. I'm not saying he can't do that. I think he can do that. He's talented. He yeah. should have definitely been one of the first three receivers taken in the draft. I just think that he just never did that in college. So we don't know that. Like I, what was the stat? Like if he caught four passes last year or something over 20 yards down the field. He yeah. just was like in that Alabama offense that had so many weapons, mm-hmm. and they just, he just caught the ball and would outrun everybody in the end zone. So I don't know how they're going to use him, but he's definitely a weapon, and they definitely have a lot of options when it comes yeah. to him. So I think he's great. I just don't think he's going to be used how a lot of people thought he was going to be used. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite signing by them and my favorite pick by them are two very similar players. Yeah. Uh, Demarius Randall to play free safety. They still have LaMarcus Joyner, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he'll be playing free safety opposite LaMarcus Joyner. I think. And then they brought in Amik Robertson in the draft, yeah. who was one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, dude is like 5'9", scrappy, like Tyron Matthew type player. Could do a little bit of everything. But the thing I think so interesting about him is he's going to be lining up the slot role in the NFL probably. But he was an outside corner and had massive production against good receivers. Yeah. Like receivers who had like seven, eight inches on him, like Colin Johnson. He locked down. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how good he does there. Yeah. And then I think it was um, it was announced, was it going to be the Rams and the Raiders are going to be the um, Hard Knocks teams again? Uh, Raiders – not Raiders, the Chargers and the Rams. Chargers and Rams. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That'll be interesting. I thought it was the Raiders. Um, yeah, so I, I agree with what you said um, about that. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a, a – a, competitive division I think I think most teams got better I think Denver got better we'll talk about them in a second and Chiefs got better but I don't know about Chargers and Raiders I don't know I think it yeah. could be debatable if they got better yeah I think the Raiders got better I just don't think they got better enough to be yeah. competitive in this division if that makes, makes sense. sense makes complete sense uh let's go ahead and let's talk about the Denver Broncos uh yeah. last team we'll be talking about um disappointing year last year mm-hmm uh, it was uh, Vic Fangio's first year as head coach. Uh, obviously, he was a defensive guru for his uh, earlier NFL career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this team got a lot better, added a lot of pieces. Um, yeah. 
one I mean, no one can say they haven't tried to put pieces around Drew Locke because this draft yeah. was just trying to give him every weapon he can even desire. Uh, and then they even signed Melvin Gordon in free agency. Yeah. So that was a pretty big signing to pair him with Philip Lindsay. And you still have Royce Freeman, uh, who was a high pick two years ago. But, and yeah, Philip Lindsay, too, yeah. Like yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They're going to be stacked on offense. They're going to have a lot of weapons, a lot of people to turn to. Um, it'd be nice. Uh, if Drew Locke, I mean, their defense is, is always pretty good. Um, but if Drew yeah. Locke can really take that next step, which he showed potentially, showed the promise at the end of last year, if he can really take that next step, man, I mean, this could be a really, really, this could be a dark horse, like, team to sneak into the playoffs and go far like the Titans last year, I feel like. Yeah. I, I like what they did a lot. So, like, at paper value, it doesn't look like they did a lot for their offensive line when you look at their free agency period. But, like, you add A.J. Bowie and Drew yeah. Casey for a fourth and a seventh round pick combined. Like, that's insane. Crazy. Um, you re-signed Shelby Harris, who's, like, not a very high-end starter, but he's a very good scheme fit, so he plays really well for them. Um, they signed Graham Glossow, which gives them flexibility on the offensive line for guard and center. And then, like, in the draft, they just loaded up, like you said, like, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, Michael Ujimoto to play opposite of um, AJ Bowie. And then they signed, or they also drafted Lloyd Cushenberry to play center and guard. They signed, or drafted Natane Moody, who's a really solid guard, just going to be a power running type guy. Mm-hmm. And then they got Drew Locke, one of his like favorite targets from college in Albert O, mm-hmm. who ran a 4 4 8. This team is loaded with speed and like weapons. Yeah. I agree. And to your point about their defense, uh, getting Jarrell Casey and A.J. Bouye is massive, I feel like, especially for what they had to give up. Uh, Something we didn't talk about, uh, and we probably should have talked about it with the Chargers, but um, Chris Harris Jr. is no longer on the Broncos. He went to the Chargers. That's right. So, I mean, that's a pretty big – I forgot about that. That's a pretty big um, loss for Denver. I mean, although they did get A.J. Bouye, and, you know, that's a pretty good cover-up. Um, in their sense, but that's pretty big for the Chargers too, getting uh, just another piece for their defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this team. Um, I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen with, um, with like the running backs and, and if Philip, Philip Lindsay is going to be phased out or if they're gonna just going to do a timeshare. I'm probably more of a timeshare, I would think. But if you think the receiver core, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, you have Noah Fant. It was a year two, Noah Fant, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, man, if Drew Locke doesn't take that next step this year, I mean, it's got to be all on him. There's really no yeah. way, other way of looking at it. The, the crazy thing about what you just said, too, is you left off like four players that I think are worth mentioning, too, when you said that. So, like, who are they? De- Deshaun Hamilton looked pretty solid for them the past couple of years. Albert O, like we just talked about. Um, shoot, I just forgot who the person I was going to say. Uh, Tim Patrick. They, Tim Patrick, yeah. And then, like, on the offensive line, like, I completely forgot they have Dalton Risner, who could play guard yeah. and tackle for them. Yeah. So, really, like, their offense is going to come down to two players, and it's going to be Drew Locke developing and Garrett Foles not sucking because they didn't address tackle at all. Yeah. And then they also declined his option, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, another thing that I just thought about, too, is we don't even talk about Bradley Chubb because he's been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> he's coming so back. get him back. Oh, my gosh. So, you have – so I got I to gotta give a shout-out. We have Justin Simmons in the secondary. You have, mm-hmm. uh, was it, Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson. You have A.J. Bouye. Yep. You have, who's our other corner? Uh, the one they drafted, Michael Ujimoto and okay. Bryce Callahan, from, okay, who so, followed Fangio from Chicago. Okay, could could be a lot of potential there, too. You have uh, Von Miller, you have Bradley Chubb, Jarrell Casey. Solid defense. I mean, mm-hmm. right off the bat. So this, like I said – What's that? Who's their middle linebackers? I can't remember. I'm trying to find it. Wow. I know they have Josie Jewell. I just saw that name, but I can't remember who else. I mean, you also have Shelby Harris mm-hmm. on the defensive line. Yeah, and they drafted uh, Derek Stutzka mm-hmm. from, I want to say it was North Dakota State, at the seventh round, who's like, like, oh, cool, a player from a Division two school in the seventh round. He's going to be so good. Like, But actually, he's a pretty solid player. Uh a lot of people had him tagged as like a late sleeper rusher. Yeah. So like he's gonna be really good insurance for either Von Miller or Bradley Chubb if either of them get injured. Crazy. He's actually somebody I wanted too, honestly, on the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Like I said before, 
this team, I would not be surprised if they made a splash in the playoffs this year. Like mm-hmm. if they if they snuck in and then when they got in, they just carried the momentum over and, and went far. Yeah. Uh, a lot of talent. Just like the Titans. Yeah, just like the Titans. A lot of talent. Um, and it should be very fun to watch, especially with a young quarterback taking that next step. So uh, that's one of my favorite teams to watch this season, um, I yeah. think. It's going to be very I'm excited fun to watch. for them. Yeah, Denver Broncos. So uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I just, the more I'm looking at the roster, the more I'm realizing how like loaded they are. Like they even got um, Duke Dawson, who the Patriots took in the second round like two years ago. Yeah, it's just loaded, dude. Out of Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to watch for sure. Um, this division should be pretty good. I think both divisions that we talked about today should be pretty interesting, like pretty competitive. Yeah, these were two I was really excited to talk about because I was really like what the Broncos did, and I really like what the Ravens did. So I was really excited to talk about them yes. today. Cool. Well, that's all we have on, on tap for today's episode. Um, like we said at the beginning, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, mine is AlexBurnsFF. You can follow TJ on Twitter at TJShriano. And uh, we're talking about sports on there occasionally. And uh, right now, it's just there's not a ton going on in the NFL, but it's still always fun to come back and to talk about the upcoming season. Uh, because right now, that's what we need. We need sports. We haven't had sports yeah. in a very long time. So um, with that being yeah. said, Check back. Um, we'll be posting on our um, our Twitter page for our, our podcast Twitter page, ATS Football Pod. Find us there. We'll be posting and kind of uh, updating on when we'll um, be posting the next episode and stuff because, like we said, it's been a little quiet in the NFL world, so um, yeah. not too much to talk about. But we'll be posting some more podcasts. Be sure to follow us if you have a question or anything you want us to cover on next episode. Um, just leave it in the comments. Write a review. Leave the question there. We'll be sure to read it. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, Alex Burns. TJ Shriano, enjoy your football. See you guys.